What's going on, Chico Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got Kevin Stevie P coming at you. What's going on, Steve? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, world? All right, so today's podcast, we told you the other day, is going to be kind of a bold predictions podcast. We're going um, you know, we're going to get into some things that basically a bold prediction for fantasy is not necessarily things that we've happened. You know what I mean? It's more so things that we could say we don't think it'd be crazy if it happened, and other people probably would look at us like we had three heads if we said it, but... You know, you'll start to hear when we say say these things and, you know, you'll probably be like, that'll never happen. But, you know, all we're here to do is just make a compelling argument that it could happen. Uh, but before we do that, uh, I do want to remind you guys to check us out on the website, www.cheatcodesports.com. as www.cheatcodesports.com. Uh, on there, we have rankings. Uh, that we were have just recently put up uh, probably a couple weeks ago we we put them up for you know the season uh we have articles that come out weekly we have the cheat codes which is a great visual breakdown of every team's offense from last year uh basically you know usage percentage from players um you know offense and and or I'm sorry uh run pass ratios things like that that could really help you in your draft in determining you know which players you think are going to have you know which players are getting good targets which players are getting the ball more stuff like that great great tool to use to uh you know put towards your drafts um and then we have a player profile pdf um file that you know we're selling for 10 bucks and it also comes with a tiered out draft guideline uh just you know we're doing everything we can to help you win your leagues this year and help you draft the best teams possible so you know get on the website www.cheatcodesports.com and uh check those things out yep. uh before we get into the the uh bold predictions uh we do have some news to discuss uh, just came down. Uh, we record on on Monday nights, Wednesday nights, and Friday nights right now. Uh, so we are recording this on Wednesday night, and it just came down about an hour and a half ago that Raheem Moster has requested a trade from the 49ers. So we do get a little fantasy relevant news. Uh, so Steve, how do you feel, or you know, give me some thoughts on that? Okay, so two things I think about this. So the first thing I think is, why would you want to leave this system? This is like such a good, like, this is such a friendly running back system. And I get it. You know what I mean? My man wants his money because he he was great in the playoffs. I mean, you can't even say he was good. He was great in the playoffs. Yeah, he's, he's just trying to crack capitalize on last year. Yeah, so he's, you know, but in the same breath, you know, if he leaves now, Right, and he let's say he goes to because there's there's some running back needy teams, but let's say he goes to a team that, you know, they just try to ship him off to right, and it's just not a good situation. You know, what I mean, no, not good for him, not good. You know, just an, an offensive line that we're not expecting to be great this year, and he just completely, you know, poos the bed and does nothing. He's gonna cost himself so much money. 
You know what I mean? Going to another team. And I get it. If he goes to another team, he's going to look for a new contract. But some other team might say, hey, listen, you know what I mean? We're we're going to bring you in. We're promising the contract, but we want to see something first. I mean, we'll give, we'll give you something to, to, you know, get you here. But we want to see something first before we pay you whatever, $10 million. Because that's, you know, kind of like the going rate now. You got these high-paid $15 million running backs now. So, you know, let's say 8 to $10 million. Before we give you that, we want to see something. Right. So before we – before – Basically, I, I, me and Steve talked on the phone for about 45 seconds about yeah. this really quick before we hopped on. And I told him I was getting ready to come on here and bash this dude. <laughs> but I've actually read up a little bit and I kind of changed my mind just looking at what uh, his agent said. Um, basically, Raheem Mostert is getting ready to get paid this year $3.2 million for uh, basically they signed him in as a, you know, a a crucial special teams player. That's what, that's what uh, his agent basically said uh, is that he was assigned as a crucial, like a good special teams player. And now he is going to basically be their, their go-to running back. And this team has Tevin Coleman who makes 4.45, I think it said this year. And it has Jarek McKinnon. Who's probably set to make, buku bucks because we all know the the contract that he got uh i think they could have gotten out of it but they didn't uh basically all raheem mostert was looking for was trying to come up to tevin coleman's range so about 4.5 million basically just asking the team to add 1.3 million to his contract this year if they're going to give him the role and i think that they kind of just haven't really done that knowing that their system is what it is uh, my bashing of Raheem Mostert was basically going to be, look, bro, you've played on six, seven teams in your career. You're like, you're, <laughs> you've been in the league for six years and you've played on like seven or eight teams. Like we're talking about a guy who is, you know, basically been tossed around more than a street hooker. Like he's just been out there. <laughs> like, so like <laughs> we're not, oh, man. like I'm serious. And I get that the fact that, the, he's been in that situation, so he kind of see, sees like this is my time to get my money. But you're a 28 year old running back that's been bounced around like that. Nobody's paying you. Um, so your best bet was riding this season out and then hoping after this year uh, that you could then go and bargain more for for a new contract or, you know, I don't I don't know if he's a free agent after this year or not, but. Just play this season out, dude. You're in the best situation possible. Uh, you know, the 49ers run situation is – it's been a, situ- a system that's worked for 20 to 25 years now. Like Terrell Davis was an undrafted undrafted rookie that became an MVP off of this, off of this system. You know, guys that – Arian Foster – is a, is a beneficiary of this system. Like w- another undrafted free agent, like Raheem Moster, it could be a guy that enters that category for the next couple years. And he just had to play it out, man. There's no reason to ask for a trade because let's be honest. Like first and foremost, who are you going to mm-hmm. like, let, let's, let's talk about that. Like, I mean, we, we, we said we were going to talk about that. Where is he going? Yeah, that's see, that's the thing. I mean, like anybody that, could really use his services this year and want to pay him something. Like, even if they say, Hey, listen, we're going to, you know, 
we're going to give you a pay increase this year and see if you live up to the contract. I mean, because teams do do that. I mean, they offer you like, you know, you come here, we're going to give you the what you wanted. We're going to give you $5 million this year, and then we'll look at the contract at the end of the year. If you play up to that, you know, into those incentives and you make up all your incentives, then, you know, we'll, we'll give you that long-term deal that you're looking for. So, you know, that could be a scenario, but the teams that you're that you're talking about, really like like think about it so let's just go down down the list of you know teams that have good schedules over for a running back so the redskins they're good at running back 49ers steelers cowboys cardinals vikings all those teams are good are good at running back right colts bears titans giants ravens Bengals. you know what i mean like all those teams have a running back right bucks they could use a guy right that's the one team that you could say okay they could use a guy but we're about to get into it tonight and i think they are comfortable with the situation because they haven't brought anybody in so we'll we'll get into that later you know saints lions patriots packers right none of those teams need so, a running back patriots maybe you could say the so patriots i'm just on i'm on a website right now and they just threw five teams out really quick like you know how these, yeah. these websites are just they hear this stuff, and right now there's nothing to do, so they just write about it. Yeah. So there's five teams. Washington was the first one. Yep. They don't need no running back. They, they got like no, 20. They got guys. They got, and, and, and they got after guys, you, 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 you got love. They got love. <laughs> they got uh, Antonio Gibson that they drafted. Yeah. They still got AP. They got um, Darius uh, Dice. The, yeah, and the dude they got from the from um, that was on Minnesota that scabbed Barber. Back, right? Yeah, Peyton Barber. They, they got a ton of guys there. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's not a bad one. Yeah, but that still, one I could James see. Connor, James Conner would, like, I mean, he's still going to be the guy if, if Raheem Moster gets traded there. Yeah. Uh, I don't see Raheem Moster going there, picking up the system that Conner's been in for, th- for two, three years now and just taking his job away. The Bears. They got gave Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. Montgomery, they just drafted that last year. So I doubt that they're just going to turn around and say, hey, we're going to, you know, bring in this other guy to take that job. I almost feel like they're just throwing darts on this website. I, literally, there's two teams that I could say that I would say I would like to see him go to. And that's it's the Dolphins because the Dolphins literally, you know. But they just they just traded for a running back from the 49ers yeah, exactly. and signed another one. So there's no way he's going to there. Exactly. And then the only other team that I could see like, okay, you know what I mean? I want to see if he maybe gets some play over, you know, one of these guys. I I, I guess it would be the Redskins because, you know, Darius they Geis. Threw, their, their top two are the Patriots and the Bucks. Yeah. See, the, the pa- Patriots have such a crowded backfield. If he went there – He'd be dumb because yeah. he he might make he, they they may give him a million more but guess what? His, yeah, I highly doubt it. He's never yeah, and he's never getting more like he's never going to make more than what he's making. Like no. he he has a chance to to really propel himself if he does well. Yeah. Um, the Buccaneers, you know what I mean? Like if they if for some reason they just feel like they want to you know go a different direction i would i would be okay with him going there because i think he's very good and with tom brady being the quarterback there i think he could probably be very good but like i said it to me it's it's those two teams it's not you know the redskins if they're not sold on guys which i don't think is the case because they re-signed ap i think they think guys is going to be the guy and they have ap as this you know as the emergency you know break glass if if needed but you know like i said the dolphins 
just because I'm not sold on either one of those guys, I just don't think that that Howard is a very good running back. I think he's just a, you know, he's I think he's just a, yeah, he's just a plotter. And, you know, Brita can't stay healthy. (laughs) The guy's always hurt. So, you know, and, and Raheem Moser doesn't have the best track record of being healthy either. So, you know, that's, that's another tough one, but yeah, it is what it is. I honestly, if I were him, I, I would, you know, I would shut up. I'd, you know, be, be, uh, the good teammate this year. And then just, if they don't want to sign him next year, because if he plays as good as he played in those playoffs this year, he's going to earn himself a whole lot of money. So if he thinks he's that type of player, then, you know, I, I'm always the type, I'm always the person that says, if you are worth this much money, then go play like that because then yeah. you're going to get that much money. You know what I mean, don't ask for the money before, before we've seen it. All right, Steve. So let's get into some of these bowl predictions. Uh, why don't you start off? We're gonna we, Steve and I each we drove we drew up four predictions each, one for each position. So quarterback, running back, uh, wide receiver, tight end. So we'll go in that order. Why don't you throw your quarterback uh, bowl prediction out there? All right. So my quarterback bowl prediction is going to be that Derek Carr finishes as a top twelve fantasy quarterback right so this is my argument now like kev said these are not i'm not telling you yes he's definitely 100 going to be a top 10 guy or top 12 guy but this is my argument for why i could definitely see him being a top 12 guy so he threw for four four thousand yards last year right i would not call this offense uh I wouldn't have called this offense prolific last year. This wasn't like a really good offense, but he still threw for 4,000 yards, threw for 21 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and three fumbles, right? So really, if you think about it, to be a top 24 guy, you really only have to get to like 4,400 yards and 25 touchdowns, right? With, what is it? Let's say less than 10 turnovers, which I definitely think he can do. So for me, if, if, you know, if it falls right and this team is, you know, better this year than it was last year, because they do have a good offensive line. That's one thing that we've always said about the Raiders, that their offensive line is good. So, you know, this guy, he doesn't get a whole lot of pressures. He's able to sit back there and kind of pick his poison. And if that's the case, you know, I could see a case of Derek Carr being much better with a deep option now, you know, he didn't have that last year. They brought Antonio Brown in to try to be the field stretcher to get other guys, the ability to be open. And now they got a guy that has, you know, four, three wheels on the outside. You know, I think it just opens up for everybody. And if, you know, Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry, if uh, Hunter Renfro stays healthy all year, you know, and, and this team just can stay, you know, Williams can stay healthy and they can just, squeak out health this year and not have the injuries, you know what I mean, that they freaking killed them last year. I could definitely see Derek Carr throwing for 44, 25 and less than 10. And to me that makes him a guy that, you know, I think is being a little bit overlooked and, you know, is going to be my bold prediction that he will be a top 12 quarterback this year. All right. Um my thing with that, I guess what I would say is he's only been a top 12 quarterback one time in his career. Uh, that time was his, you know, MVP quote year. You know, he was basically on pay, on. You know, he was in the running. I think he kind of slowed up at the end of that year, which kind of kind of hurt his chances. But that was his best year. He had Crabtree and Cooper. Both of those guys were top 
pretty sure they were both top 12 receivers that year. Yeah, they were. So, you know, he definitely is, doesn't have two guys that are going to be two top 12 receivers this year. Uh, he definitely he probably has a top five to seven tight end. Uh, but as far as a receiver, I don't know. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I would expect to get a lot of work if, you know, John Gruden wants to win games. So in my opinion, like the only thing hurting him is it. I'll say this. If, if Derek Carr is a top 12 quarterback, it means that the Los Angeles Raiders stunk as a football team Mm -hmm. because it means they had to throw a lot more than what they really wanted to, because Josh Jacobs is going to be their key to success. Um, I did look at the stats from last year. It was actually pretty interesting to me. Last year was actually the least amount of attempts he's had in his whole career throwing the football and it was actually his most passing yards. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he you know, did that on a little bit of attempts, I mean, like we've said, we, we don't really give credit for, you know, uh, Derek Carr throwing the ball downfield, but last year might've been his best year that, or, you know, percentage wise it was probably his best year at that just looking at yards per attempt so you know that's just something interesting to watch it was it was something i noticed when i looked at the stats all right so my quarterback bold prediction is going to be that daniel jones for the season will outscore kyler murray both of these guys are second year quarterbacks um you know looking at just looking at last year, okay, you look at the second half of last year from week nine to week 16, okay? I don't I don't count week 17. I don't look at it. It doesn't matter for fantasy football, and it does for, and if it does for your league, your league needs to change or your league is just screwed up. Uh, you know, I've, it may for two-week championships, so that's a little different, but, you know, I basically look at week – 9 to 16, that's the second half of the year. So if you look at week 9 to 16 for for these two quarterbacks, Kyler Murray had 134 fantasy points, uh, and Daniel Jones had 104. In that time, though, Daniel Jones missed two games. They both had their bye weeks during that time, and Daniel Jones also missed two games, one of which was the Eagles game where Eli Manning had threw – yeah. A million yards to Darius yards, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you give you give <clears throat> Daniel Jones that game alone, he outscores. You know, he outscores uh, Kyler Murray. But you know, just looking at it, obviously the argument can be made uh, for Kyler Murray that he's getting Deshaun or DeAndre Hopkins this year. I mean, obviously that's a huge boost. My counter argument to that would be. Daniel Jones is actually getting his whole team healthy there, which he didn't really have all of last year. I think the the stat is that they played that all five of his weapons played a total of eight snaps uh, while he was the quarterback. So, you know, he he's getting his weapons. Both of these guys tend to be a little bit mobile. Um, obviously, Kyler's more of a mobile quarterback, but Daniel Jones can scamper. He scored a lot of touchdowns and also if he reduces his turnover rate, which was through the roof last year, if he reduces his turnover rate, that's just all the more better for this guy. And, you know, he's a he's a really good dart throw to take at the end of the draft. All right. So my counter argument to this is, so 
there ain't no way in hell. <laughs> <laughs> My counter argument is just he just turns the ball over too much. He just makes really bad decisions and really, really bad spots in the game, right? Like the perfect example was last year against, you know, the one that sticks out like really hard. And, and I know it's a tougher defense, you know, when they played the Patriots. And it's the Monday night game and, it you know, it just kind of sticks out in my head as a game that I really saw how young this kid is. And he just made some really dumb throws, like just really – he made that beautiful throw to Tate to score the touchdown later on in the game. But, you know, in the beginning of the game, the dude was just turning the ball over like it was his job. Like, like the coaches were like, hey, hey, just give it to the other team, dude. Because it was bad. But, you know, he had 29 interceptable passes last year. He didn't throw 29 interceptions, but, I mean, 29 of his passes could have been intercepted. Uh, That's number five in the league. Um, And, you know, to me, for him to outscore Kyler, I don't think Kyler's going to be as good as Dan Dan thinks. Dan is saying, you know, what is Dan saying? Like 4,500 plus, 40 touchdowns. I don't think Kyler is anywhere near those numbers. I think Kyler is more like 30 touchdowns and, you know, forty right around 4,500 yards and maybe, you know, six running, rushing. Uh, I definitely could see that from Kyler, you know, 28 to 30 touchdowns. But for Daniel Jones to top that, you know, even on a bad year, that if, if Kyler has a bad year, I still think it's going to be like four – close to 4,000 yards, maybe a little over and 500 receiving yards. I mean, 500 rushing yards with 20 touchdowns and Daniel Jones would have to have Kyler Murray do that. Cause I just don't think he has the ability to throw 30 touchdowns on this offense, especially, especially now that this offense is getting Jason Garrett, who we know really, really likes to run the ball. So, you know, I could definitely see, you know, Jones having a better season, but not not better than Kyler. All right. Uh, I'll start off the running back uh, prediction. My running back prediction is that Ronald Jones, and I kind of foreshadowed this the other day, uh, Ronald Jones will finish the year as a top 15 running back. All right. So let's get into Ronald Jones from last year. Um, obviously like the guy's not, uh, all right. So we used to, we, we termed, uh, Jordan Howard. I, I kind of think that Ronald Jones is kind of similar. Um, I don't think he's extraordinary. Um, I think he's a little bit more talented than Jordan Howard, but he's a little bit more of a plotter. Uh, but I do think he has a little bit more game breaking speed, uh, than Howard does anyway. If you look at the, look at him, his carries last year. The guy had 160 carries, obviously splitting time with Peyton Barber. Uh, let me pull Peyton Barber's carries right now because I actually meant to do that and I didn't for my argument. But um, if you kind of compare him to Sony Michelle from last year, and I know it's two different offenses and they're going to take some of, you know, some of Brady uh, mixed with Bruce Arians. But if you look at Sony Michelle last year, and I would have never thought this, and they obviously ran the ball a ton. Uh, Steve talked about it a couple weeks ago. Uh, Sony Michelle had 232 carries last year, which does not say a lot about Sony Michelle because Sony Michelle was terrible for that many touches. But looking at Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber together had – North of 300 carries. 
Um, do I think that he's going to get 300 carries? Absolutely not. Uh, but if you even met, met in the middle of what Sony had in New England and what Ronald Jones has in Tampa, you're basically meeting at 200 carries. If you give this guy 200 carries, last year, with the work that he had, he finishes the number 24 running back. Cra- crazy to say that. Now, I've say, stated before, I think that with Tom Brady in this offense, he has double-digit touch, double touchdown upside. It, they're just going to move the ball up and down the field, and there's going to be times that they get inside the goal line where he's going to be the big, the big back. That's what he did. He had six touchdowns last year in a season that you wouldn't say is that great, but he also had Jameis throwing 30 interceptions. He also had, you know, an offense that was much more more suited for Jameis, who's big, who's a big play guy. He's, his his average depth per target is just out, ridiculous. The guy's throwing the ball down the field at all times. So, if you were to calculate his stats from last year and go with 200 carries, which I think is very feasible in this offense, Tom Brady is going to be given, you know quarterbacks like Brady are going to be given the option. They're going to be given two plays when they go to the line of scrimmage. It's going to be a pass play and a run play. They're going to look at the defense and they're going to say, all right, this is better. This is the better option. And they're going to go, you know, and in that situation, Tom Brady will hand the ball off to Ronald Jones a ton. So like I said, 200 carries, if you were to pace him at 200 carries based on his percentages from last year, the guy would have jumped up to the number 16 running back. And that's all of his percentages with a quarterback that threw 30 interceptions. Remember, Steve has made it, made a point of this against Tom Brady. Last year when they were winning football games, they were running the football a whole lot more. They just weren't winning games a lot because Jameis was turning the ball over so much. If you take away 20 interceptions from this team, which is very feasible, I don't see Brady throwing over 10. He really doesn't throw interceptions like that. If that's the case, this team's going to have the ball a whole lot more. They're going to run the ball a whole lot more because they're going to be a better football team. And I can see Ronald Jones getting this much work, and I can see him getting north of you know, eight to nine touchdowns, double digit. I said 10 touchdowns, I think that he is his upside. And given his four yards per carry, 200 carries, you're talking about 800 yards and 10 touchdowns? No doubt. I think that finished, that put, that would have put him, like I said, if I, if you would have given him 200 carries last year, based off his percentages, he would have wound up as number 15 running back. So our number 16 running back, I'm sorry. So I don't think with a new quarterback and a better system that this guy's, you know, going to could wind up being a top 15 running back. I don't think he's that great of a player, but like I said, you know, he's kind of a plotter and we've seen Jordan Howard be this high just based off of touchdowns. Mm, yep. I I really can't I I don't have a counter argument to this because I think this could definitely happen. Um, you know, Ronald Jones a lot of people will be like, oh, well, last year they just did not like Ronald Jones. And destroyed him last year. <laughs> destroyed like him last year. Three yards per carry or whatever in the preseason. And that's the thing. Like, I am not I am not biased by a certain player. It's not Ronald Jones as a player that I don't like. It's Ronald Jones, the system that he was in, not being very good to Ronald Jones because we all know how much Ronald Jones, you know – 
is not going to touch the field if Jameis is turning it over. And we bo- and we all said before the beginning of the season that Jameis Winston is just a turnover waiting to happen. So when you're const- your quarterback's constantly giving the ball up to the other team, it's really hard to be productive on a team. And Ron- and Ronald Jones was going in like the the end of the fourth, beginning of the fifth round last year. And we were telling you, don't do it. Like, don't do that. That's a bad idea. You know what I mean? And for the exact reasons that, you know, we just stated just now, you know what I mean? He, he is a guy that, you know, is on an offense that doesn't hold on to the ball very long. We gave you, we gave you the numbers for, for how long they hold on to the ball. I want to say they were like 29th in the league on, of, you know, how long they hold, how long they hold the ball. But now with Tom Brady, the Patriots are always one of the top teams in the league of time of possession. And it's because Tom Brady goes in there and he gets first downs and they score 17 to 20 points and they win like that because their defense is good. So now if you're telling me that Tom Brady can, can with all these weapons, if they score 24 points a game and their defense just plays okay, Ronald Jones is going to get, you know, if especially if he's the, the, the guy and they're not doing this, you know, whole give everybody else the carries, which I don't really think there's anybody else on the team that they could give this many carries to. He's going to be good. Carries, not carries. Yeah, not yeah, carries. Not carries. Keyshawn, Keyshawn Vaughn, I said before, Keyshawn Vaughn is this year's Darrell, Darrell uh, Henderson. Yeah. Like a guy that's just like, oh, he's going to be the, the the scab back in Tom Brady's offense and he's going to play the James, Wright, James White role and blah, blah, blah. I don't think he is. Bruce Arians don't like rookies. Tom Brady don't like rookies. Yep. I would, I'm telling you who to watch out for in that role is Dare Ungumawale. That's who I'm telling you to watch out for in that role. Yep. And I know that they've already been working together <laughs> also. So don't be surprised if Keyshawn Vaughn, like don't waste your key, your pick in the seventh round on Keyshawn Vaughn when there's so much better depth there. You're yep. taking way too much of a home run in the, that early with Keyshawn Vaughn. You, you did it last year with Darrell Henderson, and it did not pay off for you at all. Exactly. Um, yep. And on the, the other thing I do want to say also that I forgot to mention we recall LeGarrette Blunt had like 18 touchdowns. That's yeah. a very good comparison for Ronald Jones. Yeah. A guy like LeGarrette Blunt who's got a little speed, a little groundbreaking speed, and but is more of a plotter and a thumper. I think that's a good comparison. And like I said, 18 touchdowns in a, in a Tom Brady offense. Yep, yep. Can't beat that. All right, so my... <sighs> So my guy is David Johnson, my running back. So my prediction is David Johnson is going to t- finish as a top five running back. Do I think this is going to happen? Mm, probably not. But I definitely think he finishes in the top 12. But my bold prediction is going to be top five. Here's my argument. So Carlos Hyde last year played for this very same Houston Texans team. He had, and if you remember... You know, week one, they didn't really give him the ball crazy because he had just gotten onto the team. So they didn't give him a whole bunch of work. He got 10 carries. He had 83 yards in that game. So the rest of the season, he had a total of 245 carries, right? He had 20, 10, 12, 21, 26, 12, 19, 19, 9, 16, 10, 14, 26, 17. And then four week 17 when, you know, it didn't really... They just got blown out of the water by Tennessee, right? So, let's let's think back on all of these games, right? This is Carlos Hyde we're talking about, not David Johnson. 90 yards. 
19 with a touchdown, 25 or 58, 60 with a touchdown, 116 with a touchdown, 35, 83, 160 yards, 65 and a touchdown, 67, 17, 73, a 104 and a touchdown, 27 and a touchdown. If David Johnson, who I believe is way better than Carlos Hyde, I don't even think that's a close comparison. I think I think David Johnson is much better, much better gets 250 carries, which is basically what Carlos Hyde got. And we all know that Carlos Hyde has never been a good receiver out of the backfield. He had that one year with the 49ers where he caught a whole bunch of balls. He still wasn't good catching the ball. And we know David Johnson is a good pass catcher out of the backfield. All right? Carlos Hyde ended the season with 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 catches. I think it easily David Johnson sees... 40 catches. I don't even think that's a, a, a stretch. Now we're talking about a hundred and 290 touch running back that people are taking in round four. And if David Johnson gets 290 touches on this offense with an emerging offensive line, I don't think it's a stretch to think that he is really, really good this year. And people are going to be like, man, why didn't I take David Johnson in the fourth round? Yeah. Top five, that is bold. Um, so I, I don't know if I could go that high. I could definitely see top 10. But you do make a compelling argument for the amount of touches this guy could get. 290 touches, based just based on, and that's just based off looking at last year's numbers. Um, I don't know offhand how many catches Duke Johnson had last year. I can tell you right so, now. So... That's my only argument, necess- I would say, probably against his pass-catching work, is that I do. Duke could eat into that. I wouldn't do it because I think Duke stinks. But um, I think that Duke is definitely going to be used a little bit in the pass-catching role. So that would be my only argument, maybe against him catching 40 balls, is that Deshaun Jackson is – or Deshaun Watson is – of a downfield thrower and a guy that'll start to take off if he is running or if he is, you know, under pressure and his his options aren't there. I don't see him checking down as much before taking off. Uh, Yeah, so Duke last year had 62 targets, 44 receptions. Yeah, so if that's the case, eh. Still, 30, 30, touch, 30 catches would make him a, a 280 touchback. But, yeah, I, I can't see top five, top five, but top ten? For sure. I can definitely see that. Bold predictions, All right. baby. <laughs> All right. Why don't you go into your wide receiver? All right, guys. So, my wide receiver is Stefan Diggs will finish as a top ten fantasy wide receiver. Here's my argument. So if you look at Stefan Diggs numbers throughout his career, he is just, he's basically been a top 12 guy on average. Right. And I know what people are going to say. People are going to be like, Hey, he didn't, he's not, he doesn't have Kirk cousins throwing him the ball. And this is correct. I, I completely agree, but he also has never been the number one wide receiver for his team. And he is 100% without a doubt the number one receiver for this Buffalo Bills team. If you listen to what the Bills was coming out of, you know, Bills, I wouldn't say camp because they're not in camp yet, but Bills, you know, media talking about him and Josh Allen. 
they're all saying that these two are gelling very quickly. You know what I mean? They are looking really good. You know what I mean? And everybody looks good in practice. Let's be honest. These are NFL players. Everybody looks good. But, you know, from what's coming out of Bill's camp is they're getting a good rapport. You know, they're laughing a lot together. They seem to be hanging out a whole lot on the field and, you know, chit-chatting and talking. And, you know, Stefan is, you know, they're they're competing in drills. You know what I mean? Like footwork drills. And Stefan Diggs was out there doing footwork drills with Josh, you know, Josh Allen a couple days ago, which I thought was actually pretty cool looking. But, you know, if you if you look at everything, to me, it seems like these guys are building a, a, a friendship. And it is always good when your number one receiver has a friendship with their quarterback. And I think Stefan Diggs could see 150 targets this year. I really do. I know we you know, I said that I think Josh Allen could throw 500 passes. He threw 470 last year. So I thought he would get up to the 500 number. But honestly, just looking at a couple of pieces that the Bills team lost on the defensive line. And, you know, I know they got Espinosa now, but we don't know, you know, how great he is going to be. Uh, he could be, you know, we all assume he's going to be very good because he was very good in college. But if this Bills team drops off a little bit on the defensive end, I could see, you know, I could see Josh Allen having to throw the ball 115, 120 times or 520 times this year. And if that's the case, you know, I think a lot of those targets are going to go to Stefan Diggs. All right. So Stefan Diggs is the 26th wide receiver off the board right now. Um, you guys know my argument. I've stated it multiple times. I just not big on Stefan Diggs this year because I think that his I know his he has the ability to be a good route runner that gets loose and and gets free in the 10 to 15 yard range, which is much better of an area for Josh Allen. The deep balls are just not going to be there that have been there in my opinion, because Josh Allen is just too inaccurate on the deep ball. Um, you know, John Brown was very good last year. He was number 15. Stefan Diggs was number 20. Uh, with that being the case, I know that John Brown has that kind of rapport with Josh Allen already. I don't think he's going away. I don't think they're just going to, you know, kind of vacate all targets to Cole Beasley either. Uh, so 150, he would need a pro in my opinion, he would need 150 targets probably to finish as a top 10 receiver. And I just don't see how he gets that because I, I think there's way too, I don't want to say way too many mouths to feed, but I do think that you're going to see a, a good amount of targets for Beasley and John Brown. Um, Singletary is a good catcher, catcher out of the backfield and they're definitely going to use that. And, you know, uh, top top 10 i say i say maybe i'll give him 15 just because i seen john brown do it so maybe if one of those guys goes down and Diggs is the guy i can see i can see him getting 15 maybe even higher because just because he is a better player than john brown but if john brown and cole beasley are all healthy with the inaccuracy and in the deep ball that john uh, josh allen has shown you know it's going to take a massive improvement of Josh Allen to, you know, to, for me to, to think that Stefan Diggs will be a top 10 guy. So that, that's my argument. It, I think the bills, and let me just say this, this is not to bash your team. Mm -hmm. The one thing that bothers me kind of about the bills right now is, and honestly, it's kind of the same argument I have about with the Eagles as well. I've had it for a couple years now. 
I just don't know their identity. Obviously, their identity is on their defense. But usually when you have a good defense, you want to get have a good run game. They're adding to their pass game, trying to, you know, say put more on, on Josh Allen's plate. It just goes opposite of what your identity is. You know, uh, to me, you know, uh, maybe that's why Zach Moss is there too. Maybe they're going to they, – they talk that – we that was some recent news as well that we didn't get into is that Zach Moss was expected to take over – what Frank Gore was last year. They literally, they came out and said that. So you're talking about 122 carries with that Frank Gore had last year. So I didn't think Zach Moss was going to get that many, but if that's what we're talking, you know, that's a little bit, if, if Zach Moss is getting that many carries, I don't see Josh Allen throwing 500 times either. So it's, it's like I said, it's, it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of the same argument I have for the Eagles as well, because you have this, this elite quarterback but you just aren't surrounding him with elite weapons outside of your, you know, outside of the backfield. You're get you got Miles Sanders, but you know you don't have a, a big quarterback, a big wide receiver. Like you need you need a, a big time wide receiver to go with that quarterback. And yeah, it's just like I said, I, I I just don't know the identity that they're trying to roll with. Yeah. So like, okay. So the only real thing that I will I guess add is. He only had 140 pass attempts, 170, I'm sorry, 470 pass attempts last year. But in the Jets game, week 17, the Bills didn't play. Like, the, none of the starters uh, played. I mean, none of the starters played. And that then actually, That makes a difference. Though. Yeah, and then against Pittsburgh in week 15, um, I want to say, was it? No, I'm lying. It was the New England game. It was the second New England game. We all remember he was slot going down like, Frace first, and you know they threw a shoulder into his head, so he didn't finish that Patriots game. Yeah, Matt Barkley came in. Yeah, so Matt Barkley came in. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I think he's going to be amazing. You know, way, way better than he was this year. But I do think you know, 515 attempts is not crazy because, like I said, he didn't. He one game he threw five pass yards. He had one, one pass for five yards. So, you know, and then he took him out of the game. He just didn't play the rest of the game. They just wanted to give him the start, I guess, is what they wanted to do. But, uh, yeah, I could definitely see. I just, like I said, I see over 500 passing attempts if he plays 17 weeks. All right. My wide receiver prediction, and it's funny that I'm going to say this, but it's after what I just got done saying, but it's Deshaun Jackson will finish as a top 24 receiver. Uh, my argument is simply basing it. When I make this bold prediction, it is expecting him to play 16 weeks. I'm not or 16 games. I'm not making this prediction off of 12 games. So I know that's hard to say for Deshaun Jackson because he hasn't done it in the last three years. But you look at that week one game, and I've stated it's not just the deep balls that that impressed me. It's not. It's you know I, that's what Deshaun has done his whole career. Um, they were lining this dude up in the slot. He was coming out of the slot. He was running 12-yard out patterns that Wentz was hitting him on the money. Like, this isn't the stuff that Deshaun Jackson is really known for in his career. You know, he's kind of no, been known for more of a bubble screen and, you know, uh, uh, bubble screen and, and deep ball guy. And, you know, watching that Redskins game that I that from last year, if you really watch it, man, this guy ran, like, a five-yard hitch from the slot. 
That has never been Deshaun Jackson's game, ever. You know, I mean, he ran, he was running multiple routes that you're just not used to seeing him run. And in this offense with Carson Wentz and Carson being a guy that, um, you know, needs a number one receiver. He, he, he needs a guy that he's, you know, can rely on. He's had the most rapport with, with Deshaun Jackson. So, you know, to me, with the way he got, you're talking about eight, nine targets, eight receptions, 158 yards, and two touchdowns in that first game. Do I think that's going to be every game? No, but no receiver does that every game. But to say, like, you know, you can see, I can see him getting six or seven catches a game and breaking one half the time. Yeah. And that will, if he plays 16, put him in the top 24. Yep. Now, I don't really have. I don't really have a big argument against Deshaun. The only thing is, <laughs> yeah, other than injuries, right? He's always been a top 36 guy. So I think 24 is bold. But in the same breath, if he is the number one receiver for an Eagles team that we know was wide receiver list last year and still had pretty good quarterback production, you know what I mean? I wouldn't say if you had Carson Wentz on your team, some games you were pulling your hair out, but there was other games where he had 302 touchdowns. Like, that's good for your starting yeah, end quarterback. Of the, the end of the season, you weren't. He was, yeah, he was <laughs> on fire at the end of the season. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, with that quarterback, I want the number one. And that's the thing. Like, that's for any really good quarterback. Like, there's been years where, you know, we've seen really good quarterbacks make guys that were the number one, even though they weren't the greatest players in the world, be fantasy relevant. And Deshaun Jackson, you know, I wouldn't say in his career has been the greatest fantasy player. He's been a guy that pisses a lot of people off. Let's be honest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you don't, if you're not on a best ball in a best ball league and you're playing straight up, you know, week to week, when do you start him? You don't know when to start yeah. him because you're like, oh God, I started him this week, got me two points. You know what I mean? And then I benched him next last week, he got me 35. So you know, it's 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 hair pulling, but. I do want the number one receiver for a good quarterback because I think I you know I mean I think Carson Wentz is a very, very good quarterback. So I want that number one receiver. So I could definitely see that. Yeah, this is the guy going he's forty seventh in drafts. He's the forty seventh wide receiver taking. So, you know, like I said, I, I just judging from what I saw in that one game last year, I know it was one game, but seeing what I saw I can see. I, I think Deshaun Jackson would have been the number one on their team last year with all receivers healthy, including Alshon Jeffrey. I think it would have been. I still think Deshaun would have been their number one guy. They were targeting. Him. He, he got more targets than than Zach Ertz in that game. Yep. All yep. right. Uh, I'll start off tight ends. Uh, tight ends. Um, my tight end prediction is that Rob Gronkowski will finish outside of the top fifteen at tight end. That one is boom. <laughs> <laughs> that one is not one that a lot of people are going to like That's because you know they want, huh? That is not popular. No, you can't but, bash Gronk. <laughs> yeah, but my argument is first off, the guy is out of football for a year. Anybody that's taken a year off from football and come back. Just as good, if not just as good, name it. You know, Le'Veon Bell didn't look as good last year. Marshawn Lynch didn't look good when he came back after after that year. And he got injured 
halfway through the season, I believe. Uh, you know, to me, like players take years off and they just don't come back as good. You know, obviously there's something to staying in football shape, which he did not do. He's got he had to add he's you know, having to add twenty pounds back onto his body because he lost, you know, a ton of weight for you know, just because he had to beef up so much. I actually saw a, cr- a crazy article about Joe Thomas on ESPN the other day. But you know, Joe Thomas lost so much weight, dude. It's crazy. Dude, it, it's it, the article is great, guys. Not, not, not. I'm getting off topic, but it basically was talking about how he was eating like so, like so many calories during the year to stay at three, you know, three hundred pounds, and. By reducing his calorie intake in six months, the dude lost like eighty pounds. It was crazy. Yeah, he looks but, good, uh, man. He looks really good. Yeah, the the, the uh, TMZ said former former NFL fat guy looks like a Greek <laughs> god now. <laughs> so, he like, really does, dude. He yeah. was on Titans games. Did you see that? And we're getting off topic, guys, but we're just shooting the shit. Uh, did you see him on Titan games? I did not. Oh, that was good, man. He he won. He won Titan games. It's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. That is nuts. But uh, yeah, I mean the guy is just uh, Gronk. He's he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but he's missed a year, and the last time he played, he was not very good. He wound up finishing as the number eleven tight end that year. Uh, he only had forty seven catches. Obviously, he was more of a touchdown type player. But this is also an offense. We've stated it. They do not use the tight end. He very, 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 very few and far between does Bruce Arian have good tight end play. I think they literally just brought Gronk in for touchdowns. And if he scores six touchdowns but and off of 30 catches, he's not going to be that good of a tight end. I mean, you know, the tight end is the touchdowns are great. Yeah, but you're never going to know when to start them. And 30, ca- you know, I just. We saw what O.J. Howard did last year. It wasn't impressive, and O.J. Howard is still there, which is going to be competition at the tight end position. That's not going anywhere. Um, I've just got done talking about Ronald Jones, and if they get into the goal line, they're not going to be afraid to hand Ronald Jones the ball for those touchdowns in the goal line. You know, To me, you know, a guy who missed a year of football coming back uh, from a year where he wasn't very good to begin with and – you know, has to work back into football shape and isn't on a, a, a an offense that, that throws to the tight end a lot. I just think he's going to be way too touchdown dependent. And yeah, I, I he's right now the sixth tight end being drafted according to fantasy football calculator. And I, like I said, I can see him falling out of the top 15 tight ends. Yep. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, what, and I, I would like to have more counter arguments against some of your guys, but I kind of agree. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> honestly, Gronk was not good two years ago when he was, you know, that Super Bowl year. He was pretty horrible. You're right. Yep. He had a couple of games where you were like, oh, that was good. But if you took Gronk, you know, where you took him, you were not happy with Gronk. You know what I mean? Anybody who had Gronk two years ago will tell you, man, that dude sucked huge donkey you know what i had him that's how i know <laughs> <laughs> and that's the I thing had him and brady together it was not a good year <laughs> yeah it's it was it was it was uh it was not good so to say the least it was not good so to me you know if you are one of those people that is convinced gronk is going to be the gronk of old you know i think you're i don't want to say you're playing yourself but i i think you may be 
uh, overlooking the fact that, you know, the guy has taken a lot of time off of football. Um, you know, he he is not the Gronk that we know from five years ago. The Gronk five years ago that we know was a dude that people just feared. Like, he was just... You know what I mean? He's just this dude that everybody, nobody wanted to play against. And now that's just not what Rob Gronkowski is. He's a completely different player. And, you know, I could still see him having a, a top 12 season just because tight end is terrible. You know what I mean? Like, tight end is really bad. But, but that's been, that was also my other argument that I forgot to throw in there is that if you listen to a lot of fantasy analysts, they'll all tell you that tight end is deeper this year. There's a little bit more depth at the tight end position. So, I don't necessarily know if I agree with that, you know. Fully, yeah, I don't. I don't definitely don't agree with that. But if it's they true, said that last year, dude, dude, they said that yeah. same thing last year. And, and how yeah. deep was tight end last year? It was horrible. Yeah. If you didn't have a top four guy last year, you were pissed off at tight end last year. You could not yeah. figure out who to start ever. Absolutely. You had Nola Fant scoring thirty in a game. You're like, oh, I well, wish I started. I would say top five. Darren Waller was good. Darren Waller was good. Yeah, top five. Jared, right. Cook, Jared Cook was number six, and Jared Cook was not good until the end of the year. So yeah, yeah, it really, uh, really one of those things. All right, guys. So uh, I am going to throw my guy out there, and my guy is Mike Gesicki. Mike Gesicki is going to finish as a top six fantasy tight end. I'm going to make that bold prediction. So here is my. Here's my argument. So, if you thought Darren Waller was good last year, right? We all, you know, looking at Darren Waller, that was the number five tight end, I think, on the season last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, let's look at their numbers. You know, when I look at tight ends, I, I want guys who run routes, correct? You don't want a blocking tight end. So, Darren Waller had 375 routes run last year, right? Mikey Secchi had 423, right? He had 40 more routes run. So we all know the 40, I mean, the, the Dolphins were terror horrible last year, right? So in the beginning of the season, they were not good. I want to say up until like week, let's say, I don't know. It was like week something, week two or three that they actually started to stop letting everybody score 40 on them, Right. So let's knock out the first three weeks where he had 23, 25, and 20, you know, uh, routes run. Then he, remember, he missed two games because he was injured, and then he had his bye week. So after yeah, that. Missed, real quick, he, he, well, he missed one game, but the first four weeks, he had a total of five targets. Exactly. So, yeah, so now, after that, we have from week six on, I would make the argument that he was one of the best tight ends to have in fantasy football when you're talking about routes run. Because to me, I want I want my tar uh, my my tight end out there running routes, right? So we're talking 25, 19, 22, 29, 23, 40, 34, 32, 26, 24, 34, uh, 32, and 39 routes run, right? The other impressive stat is when you look at what Darren Waller did, right last year. Darren Waller had three, four, five, six, seven, uh, 10, 11 red zone targets last year, right? Mikey said he, Mike Gusecki had the exact same amount of red zone targets. He had seven red zone targets. 
right? So when you're comparing these two guys, the difference is obviously the quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, I mean, the quarterback, <laughs> quarterback play. play. You know I mean, Derek Carr is, is a more accurate guy than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And we've never knocked Derek Carr for his accuracy. We know Der- Derek Carr is, you know, an, an accurate guy. He just doesn't like to throw the ball deep. So my argument here will be that I think with the amount of running, you know, amount of routes run that Mike Gusecki gets on top of the amount of targets that he gets in the red zone, if he starts converting those more, and he actually had a pretty good conversion rate last year. If you look at it, you know, two targets, two red zone targets in week 17, he had a touchdown. Two red zone targets in week 16, he had, a, he had two touchdowns. Uh, he had one red zone target against the Eagles, scored a touchdown in that game. Uh, another red zone target in, against Cleveland, he scored a touchdown in that game. Um, you know, so he's converting his red zone targets. I mean, this is a guy who's getting targeted in the red zone more than anyone else, basically on his team. And as, as we all know, Ryan Fitzpatrick likes throwing to this guy. I mean, he proved it at the end of last season. He was, he was great down the stretch, you know, for your tight end. If you started Mike Gusecki in your championship game, you won because he got you six for 82 and two touchdowns. You know what I mean? You started in week 16, you were extremely happy. So my argument is that this dude has the ability to be a very good quarterback, and we all know Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick likes to throw to him. And even if, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's – I can't even say his name today. Ryan Fitzpatrick get, loses his job, I still think Mike Gusecki is going to be a big part of this offense because I don't think that these – you know, Preston Williams I actually do like as a wide receiver. But other than that, I mean, like – I think he's probably going to be one of the most targeted people on this team. And I still don't think this defense is any good at all. So, you know, I like Mike Kiseki as a top six fantasy tight end. Yeah. Uh, Michael, Mike Kiseki is clearly one of the better, one of the better breakout candidates at tight end position this year. Um, you know, obviously Steve just said, you look at what he did in basically 12 games last year. I mean, I, the first four games of the season for him were a wash. Like I said, he had five targets in the first four games. That's that's just ridiculous. If you ba- if you paced him out for those, you know, for for sixteen games at his you know week six to week sixteen rate, you're probably talking about a guy that finishes the top six. You know, he, he finished number nine during that time anyway. So during from week sixteen to week from week six to sixteen, he was the number nine tight end. So if you give him an extra four weeks and throw it on to whatever and yeah, to me, I could definitely see this one happening. 100%. I can see, you know, Gusecki being that breakout candidate. And one of these tight ends is going to break out at the end, whether it's Hayden Hurst, whether it's Mike Gusecki, Noah Fant. You know, one of these one of these tight ends, young tight ends, are going to break out this year. Uh, the key is finding which one. Mike Gusecki sounds like a pretty good one. Mm, yep, yep. All right, guys, that wraps it up for tonight's podcast. Uh, Remember to check us out on the website, www.cheatcodesports.com. That's www.cheatcodesports.com. And until next time, peace out, guys. Peace.